0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Drink It In for season nine. I'm Jordana Barachov from Drink It In underscore Jordana. In this season, we get to chat with other podcasters. We talk all about podcasting, sharing experiences, and comparing our fun times over the mic. Come see how our podcasters do when they're put on the spot. This is a fun one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Drink It In the podcast season nine. This is the podcaster season, and I have a very, very special guest with me. And the reason why she's special, because besides her being a special person, she was like a mom (laughs) to my son for many years she lives in Cleveland and her husband is the head of the school where my son went to. And so she was so brave and she took on all these boys in her home. And I mean, I did get word that he was a good one that she had. <laughs> I, I would say that she, I would say that she trained him really well. Um, I'll just tell a quick story before I, I let you have it introduce herself is that uh, one time my son said, Mrs. Davidowitz says, Ima, that when you go to somebody's house, And you have a meal there. It's not enough to just say, oh, thank you for the meal. But you should definitely say something specific about the food that was there. So he took that very seriously. And I don't know if they ever, I don't know if they told you the story afterwards. You'll, you'll let me know. They were, there were a whole bunch of boys went and they were all saying, oh, thank you so much. And, you know, they said specifics. And then this one boy said, oh, thank you so much. And whatever he said. So my son elbows him and says, that wasn't served. (laughs) yeah it became a little bit of a joke so I would say say thank you for the
1: chicken because then it's not just like a good manners thing so they would say like you know I'm serving lasagna and they would say
0: especially the chicken right because I, I think it became a thing because that was what he had said he said thank you for the chicken and there was no chicken yeah. served so yeah. I think that was probably why that's why you might not have known that little back thing that the boys said thank you for the chicken and there was no chicken but anyway but without further ado you could you please introduce yourself that would be great Yes, thank you. So first of all, Jordana, thank you so much for
1: having me. I'm so excited to be here talking to you. Um, and your son is amazing, and he's just a wonderful boy, and a credit to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so my name is Yochave Davidowitz. I am originally from New York, Long Island, grew up there. Um, regular kind of, I had a regular upbringing, but I did grow up at a town where my father was in Kyrie. So a lot of my friends growing up weren't from, and at certain different times in my life, I was like the only from girl, like in my friend group. Um, but then, you know, seminary, got married. Um, I was a teacher for many years. I went and did my master's in counseling psychology when I was in my late 30s. I finished um, that, switching out of teaching. Um, and I've had this chus to live in a lot of different places because we were in Cola. My husband's from upstate New York. We lived there. We lived in Queens. We started issue yeshiva in Rochester. We lived in, uh, in Rochester In Vancouver. Um, we lived in Vancouver, British Columbia for 11 years, um, back to Brooklyn. And now I'm like in the Kind of mid-sized Midwest community, Um, so I, I'm a therapist. I have a podcast, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically my story. It's
0: basically yeah. who I am. And we both also share the podcast producer. Uh, yes. We both share Maverick, so we have something in common besides my son going to yeah. her home and living there, and then living across the street. But we share Maverick, so I just <laughs> want to get a shout out to Maverick, who I'm sure we both adore and love. So um, it's it's very special to have him and help us. So. Yeah. How did you like start podcasting? Like, what, what, what drew you to do the podcasting? So funny because when you have your own podcast, you're used to asking the
1: question. So, like, I want to know what how you started podcasting. You could, so, for sure, I could answer afterwards. So you go oh, ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I started it really by accident. Actually, what had happened was, um, I had a my one of my dear friends lost her father,
0: mm. and
1: his name was he was not religious, but his name was Israel Mayer. He was very excited about the fact that he was named after the Chavetz Haim, even though he, like I said, he wasn't personally religious. And after he passed, so she decided to learn Lashon Hara um Maso. And you know, it was very inspiring talking to her throughout that. And I thought to myself, you know what, I have not learned Hilcho Shmir Salashan in such a long time. I want to learn it again. And at the time, my sister-in-law, um, Ya Al is who's an amazing person, she has a, an Imuna chat on WhatsApp, which I joined. And when she finished the book that she was doing, she decided decided to start doing Shmir Salashon instead. But people on the chat we're like no we're here for amuna we really want more amuna so she said you know it's going to be hard but i'll run both chats at the same time so one for shmir and one for amuna and i called her up and i said you know what i really i wanted to learn this for a while now this has been on my mind and i used to be a teacher like i said so i know that the best way to learn something is to teach it mm-hmm. so i did something very unusual for myself which is i actually thought about it for a few days before i just like impulsively jumped in and said that i was going to do it um, but I took it over. So when I took it over, it was about three and a half years ago, I think, or so. There's about 80 women on it. And Baruch Hashem, it's grown now to almost a 1,000 people on it. So I send out like two to three minute audios every day on Shemir Salah Shon. And then what happened was, and I'm still doing that, somebody from Chavat Time Heritage Foundation was in touch with me because I heard a clip and I, I do wake up words for them. I host that. But two years ago during a Sarasim um, I said, you know what, let me do tefillah. You know, it's a different way that we we work on our speech, right? It's an element mm-hmm. of speech as well. So for those five days, I worked on Tefillah and then people can, you know, asked me like, would I do something on Tefillah? Would I open up another chat dedicated to working on Tefillah? And I was going to do it. And then I thought about it and I said, you know, Tefillah, like it just doesn't really fit the platform for WhatsApp for daily chats where mm-hmm. you kind of have to like join. And then if you leave it, you can't get back in. And I want to explore it a little bit more deeply. So I said, you know, maybe I'll try to do it in podcast format. So That way anybody can access it and see the titles and like, Mm -hmm. you know, So that's kind of how it started. And then I was doing just going through brachos. The first bunch of episodes are just going through brachos. When I got to um, the brachos Sani Isha, I had this great idea. Why don't I ask my mom to come on? Mm -hmm. And Because my mother's just an incredible Jewish woman. So that got so much feedback that I started kind of alternating doing like a podcast about something in tefillah and then an interview with... Mm -hmm you know, a Jewish woman, and then I started different series, I have a few different series running at the same time, I know you do seasons in your mm-hmm. podcast, but I just have like different series, um, and so that's how it got started, like really, uh, like I, by accident, I guess, almost, mm-hmm. I by accident, you see the hand of Hashem, but
0: right. it was not my intention. Right. It was more the, the, the word they like to use it became it was organic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you getting that lingo also going yeah. for you? Like
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I do hang
0: around teenagers, so I grew my my audience organically, right?
1: <laughs> I right definitely get not through my Instagram skills, let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about that. Like I, yeah, I have my kids help me a lot with that. All that social media stuff. But it's funny that um, you said, "Oh, I like that." I never knew the wake up words. Isn't that that? I love that wake up words. It's wake cool. Words. Do have- oh,
1: yes. Chava's heritage foundation, and I I host it two days a week. So Abigail yeah. Breilovsky does it two days a week, and they have somebody, you know, or another Reverend Robertson who does it on Fridays.
0: But and I've done you know some classes with them, and they're such an incredible organization, yeah, so, so. yeah, wow. I didn't see, I didn't even know that I learned something new. Um, you know, so funny when you said uh, the Lush and Hara that originally that was like your springboard and something um pushed you forward. I always want to hear people that take on learning Lush and Hara laws, uh, speaking uh, you know, trying not to speak ill of others. I just want to translate just in case if somebody didn't know what that was. Um, I don't know if I said this story before on my podcast, but I had like a crazy, crazy story. It must be like uh, close to 19, 18 years ago and when I lived in my old home, I was walking outside and I saw there was a snake on my front lawn. Oh my gosh. I know, right. But me being me and like Cuckoo had me, I was like, oh my gosh, my husband would have loved that snake. I want to catch it and save it for him for when he gets home and for my boys, they're going to love him, my boys. My husband <laughs> goes, okay, so that's what I did. I got a bucket and I caught the snake and I had the bucket. And then when they came home, everyone was so super excited. It ended up, we had a neighbor that was an animal trainer and he, um, it happened to have probably been his. And so whatever, we gave it to him. He gave us a fake snake. Okay. That was that. That summer I happened to have gone to Israel. My nephew was being bar mitzvah, and I went to his uh, bar mitzvah and my sister-in-law says to me, oh, Jordana, I have to um, I have to go learn right now. I'm gonna learn two laws of uh, speech and I'll explain to you afterwards why. I'm like, okay, fine. So she's, she goes and she's, she explains to me, just happened a few months ago when I was leaving my house in Israel, there was a snake by my front door. And I'm like, yeah. She, she's like so of course like i was thinking what message would this be that hashem is sending a snake to my front door it must mean that the snake represents evil speech and trickery and in, in the torah and the bible so it must be a message from god for me to say more laws of, and learn more laws so i look at her and i said you know a few months ago i had a snake also I just caught it and saved it for my voice. I didn't try to think about what message it was. I said, "You are much holier than I am." like, <laughs> but always when I hear that, I think of that my, that snake story. That right. I don't know if if it was uh, God was sending me a message, but that's how I took it. But anyway, so from, you know, you were saying how I started my podcast. It was funny because I did all this social media. I started the social media stuff. Um, that my girls had me get started with because I was sending these messages to these women that I took on a trip to Israel. It was like birthright for moms, which is now Momentum. And I was sending weekly messages and my oldest daughter was like, hello, you're already making the videos. Let's do it. I'm like, let's do what? She was social media, Instagram, Facebook. I'm like, what? I don't know what that is. So she, we opened up all the accounts. She me, Blah blah me. Then as time went by, I hired a business coach Mm -hmm. And the business coach that I had this from woman, she's like, Janana, you need to do a podcast. I said, I do. I can't. I I, I can't. I can't choose. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. (laughs) And and Maverick was so nice to me. Maverick, when I started Instagram, he was like one of my first followers. He was so supportive of me. And um, I told Maverick, I said, I have this business coach. She wants me to do a podcast. We're doing that now, Jordana, we'll do that. We'll do, or at that time, he probably called me Mrs. Barachal. We could, do, he probably still, I not know. We'll do that, we'll do that. And I'm like, um, okay. And she made me make a whole list of people I wanted to interview. And I decided I just want to do, like you said, you have series. I have I have seasons based on what interests me. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, I'm starting social media. Where's the line? Where, where do you say privacy, public, private, you know? And so I interviewed, at the time I asked, I had asked 22 people. Mm-hmm. I reached out to 22 people, 11 people responded, mm-hmm. and then six people committed, and so that became my formula for my podcast, every season, six episodes, I mean, this wow. past season, I'm all over it, but that's okay, I don't mind being more, and then, well, because you're interviewing podcasters, and we're very comfortable, like, I find that my, yeah.
1: Ask people to come on like unless they have like a background in speaking publicly it's very scary to them they don't they're very nervous about it and they mm-hmm. they don't always want to come on even though they have a lot to offer but if you're going to ask podcasters we'll be like yeah sure like this is kind of what I do so it's you know
0: yeah i think yeah so some of the podcasters have been like this is really yeah. interesting they're right. liking this they're liking yeah. the fact that they're on the other end and being yes. asked the questions and it's been very informative to me you know, well, as we get to the end of the interview, you'll see, like, it just, that became very, like, I really learned a lot. I mean, when I started the podcast, I don't know about you, but I did research in the sense of my daughter made me sit and watch different podcasts that she liked mm-hmm. and listen to it. And I even did a practice one. I did a, <laughs> I did a practice on my oldest daughter. We practiced and then she says, do it like this, do it like, you know, like really fine tune a little bit. Um, I think also, I don't know, one of the series I did was my kids interviewed me oh that's very cute Um, yeah that was called behind the drink that was yeah that that was good and 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 not so good at the same time you know whatever not you know uh, alter chisey was a cutie he's like so he starts out with the big bang and he's like so ima what's the hardest decision you've ever made Uh, i look at him and i'm like you want to talk about my divorce like what is that he goes okay skip maverick let's start
1: again That's funny. Well, you know, when I started podcasting, I was already doing my Shmir Salachon thing for a long time, and so I had a—I wouldn't say broadcasting experience, but I mean, the first clip that I did when I decided to take it over, it was like two and a half minutes of audio. I think it took me two and a half hours, really. And that's what it was like in the beginning. Well, it's also because there was no—there's no editing with it. It's two and a half wow. minutes, and so because I do it on my phone, I don't do it with sophisticated, you know, right? You know, with the podcast, if something's wrong, and we go back and we edit it, we take it out, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But, you know, with the Shamir Salah shown, I've really gotten good at speaking. I mean, it's just a skill. It's a talent. But that first, those first few clips, I just thought this is terrible. And my husband said, it's fine. You could post it. It's great. And I just said, okay, it was just sort of like almost an act of faith that I click send and people started telling me that they liked it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, then I guess it's not bad. And, you know, so I, I had that experience a little bit before starting. Right. So you say it's two and a half minutes you speak on the WhatsApp? I try to keep it lo- below four minutes. I try right. between two and a half and three and a half minutes every day. And right. just, we go through, it's it's d- dedicated to speech. So we go through Sefer HaVad Chaim or Shamir Salashon or Nastavarum, or I've done some of my own stuff also to do right. with, you know, different things to do all to do with speech. We try to mix it up, but the, obviously the cornerstone is going always back to Sefer HaVad Chaim.
0: You know what I find, like you said, the I've also, with my Parsha videos, the Drink It In videos, I've gotten it down, I used to like be five minutes, there were four minutes, and then someone just once told me, when Instagram, when you have to click, continue to watch, right? They Go said, ahead. people are not gonna continue to watch. So if you could get your thought in one minute or less, you're better off. Now, sometimes when people ask me to speak, speak, I'm like, speak for more than one minute? <laughs> that's so funny. Do you yeah. find it like you have to like, did you find like you had to shorten it so much that if somebody asked you to speak for 45 minutes, it would be, I mean, this is different. This is us just communicating, having a conversation. I'm talking, conversation. That, you right. know, I think prepping, like, do you find it like the back to transfer back to the other way?
1: Yeah. I've always been brief. Like I've always been a brief talker. I've always, I've, I'm not never like, you know, like to go on and on for too long, but you know, I was a teacher. So sometimes it's just like, I look at it, like, let's develop this idea a little bit better. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So cute. So cute. So now out of, so now that you, because your podcast was a little bit different, but now you do have people on your podcast. So now that you do have people on your podcast, who would you say was the most interesting person so far that you've had?
1: Okay. Do you also want me to tell you who my favorite child is? It's yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> you could be very PC. That's what yeah. all the podcasters have been doing. You should know they've been doing that. Other podcasts have been very PC, but then there's something that they say. Let's say uh, what they've learned. You could combine the two together. Like what? What was the most interesting thing that you've learned? Like you came away from that podcast. You're like, ah, wow, that spoke to me. You know what I mean? Like something like that. I had that experience. I interviewed somebody. I remember when I interviewed Lizzie Savetsky. And, and, and I just didn't expect it. And she was just telling me her whole life story for my miracle season. And she just was telling me how she, at some point in her life, she just, she stood by her Shabbos candles and she turned to her up and she said, I am ready for that blessing. I've done, I've done the work. I feel like I've, I've grown. I've become a, a better version of myself and I'm ready to receive your blessings. When I heard that, that just like, boom i mean i say that all the time now and i don't just do it by when i light candles every time before i start swan s-ray i say i'm ready for the blessings in the morning my message to on instagram i'm ready for the blessings my drink it in video, you know, people don't see this. I do a whole tefillah before, you know, I edit it out. Nobody has this because then I'd have 30 seconds to speak. But I'm doing the whole thing. And one time I said that to my daughter, she's like, what the heck are you doing? Because right. like, my eldest daughter approves the videos before I send them out. She, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, just forget that. <laughs> but as <it's also, laughs> I saying-
1: like, You these- know that I say also before I do a podcast. I yeah. do. I had called my uncle when I was getting more- um, I was getting a little bit of a larger profile and I felt very uncomfortable about it. You know, it's like, it's a hard thing to put your, you know, certainly like you grew up in a, a firm environment, like science is really such a, um, a value. And so putting yourself out is very, at least for me, um, something that just doesn't feel intuitive. Mm-hmm. And in all these sort of circumstances kind of were falling in place where I was sort of being pushed more to, you know, doing more of this sort of public, you know, speaking, even though my audience is primarily women, it, it's still just you know, it was very hard for me. And I called my uncle, my uncle's Reb Mikhail Tversky in Milwaukee. And I spoke to him and I said, you know, because I, I know my aunt Feige speaks publicly also. And I said, I just, I feel very uncomfortable with this whole thing. And he, of course, told me that I have to use the talents that Hashem gave me. Right. And told me that I should make it feel for myself to say, you know, before I do it. So that's, I do that also. Right. Yeah. Um, People don't because, really... I'll answer your question. You asked of my podcast. I will say this, the podcast that I did with Ruhi Koval, one of my friends texted me and said, I just listened to that one for the third time. Mm. So that, I guess that one was, you know, definitely one that stands out. And I did the one with the first one that I did with my mother was really special. And I've been wanting to have my mother on again. She told me things about my family that I didn't know. um, And so that, you know, we were trying to get, she's so busy. So um, I'm trying to get her back. And then I, one of the series that I have is on Jewish women in history. So those are the hardest for me to do just because it takes a lot of research and a lot of work to put it together. Um, but I had my sister-in-law, so also family came on. She's my sister-in-law's brilliant, brilliant um, woman and just very educated. And I had her do a podcast. I asked her about Nitzvet, who was the mother of David Melech. Mm. Um, she has a daughter named Nitzvet and she had come across the measures that describes her life and after I did that podcast, a bunch, I was at a wedding and a bunch of people came over to me and said, I never knew anything about Mitzavet. I had never, a lot of people don't even know her name. I was just talking to a rabbi who was giving a navi shir, Shmuel Shir. And I said something about David HaMelef's mother, and he didn't even know her name or what her story was. And really, David HaMelef was raised by his mother. He wasn't raised by his father at all. His parents mm-hmm. were separated um, when he was growing up. And she um, was just such an incredibly inspiring story. So I guess that, that sort of answers your question, but everyone is just so amazing. And I always afterwards, I'm like, that was, um, I just did a podcast with the, we, we finished. I'm like, that was amazing. That was so incredible.
0: And she's like, do you say that to everybody? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So funny that you mentioned, I had Rochie Kovell mine. She was yeah. one of the first, she was on my first season to yeah. that social media and where's the line. Yeah, she, she's very good to interview, yeah. very, very nice, very complimentary and, and, and allows you to speak. Allows the conversation to go, so it, yeah. it makes it a ve- for a very comfortable and enjoyable yeah. listen and an, enjoy- an enjoyable interview. So that's one hundred percent for sure. And I've worked with her on momentum, um, and I've had my mom too. I had yeah, mom. isn't that incredible when you can do that? Like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I. It's uh-huh. funny. I for me, when I had my mom on, I think my it was it was funny only because I think she was so nervous. I didn't expect her to be as nervous as she was. That was funny. I I, I think when I had my old, all my kids, like I got all my kids, so, you know, but um, that was also interesting to see their different personalities come out um, on the podcast, you know, different things and and whatnot. So that was fun. It's fun when you have family. It's nice when family um, is so supportive and joins mm. in, in on your efforts and what you're what you're trying to do for the clow. I yeah. think uh, that that is a beautiful thing. But did anyone ever say like you came out like with a thought like I said like uh, I'm ready for the blessings? Did anyone ever? I know you're saying it right here. The yeah. but was there anything else like you like um, oh that, that that enhanced my life?
1: Yeah, actually, I did a podcast with Danielle Renoff. Mm. Uh, she's from Peas, Love, and Carrots, and it was great. I think it's my most listened to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense because she has a very big audience. But at the end right. of the podcast, she was talking about when she when she um. And it was towards the beginning of when I was starting to interview and starting to, to get more into the podcasting thing. And she was talking about when she had put out her cookbook and how um, she really just had to put it out and then like have me tough on in like the success of it afterwards. And she had mentioned that, you know, because she has such a big platform. So she said, every day I get messages from people who want me to like, you know, share their, you know, share their page or promote their book or do whatever. And she said, you she said, your job, your status is to do the work and to create content and to do what you're supposed to do. And then Hashem is in charge with regards to how successful it's going to be. You don't need, you don't need me to make your site or your page successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time I was just getting started on, you know what it's like when you, when you put yourself out there, you know, everybody's like comparing and, you know, hopefully the competition is just inspiring rather than defeating but mm-hmm. it's true like you're trying to like figure out the system and figure out what to do and how to become successful and how to get people to like your podcast and all that stuff and it's true like that you know you have me Tejon, and it's not up to you with regards to whether or not you're going to be successful. So that, you know, and not only is it not up to you about whether or not you're going to be successful, but it's not up to you about what others' impressions of you are. The Khoasal says that also, that, you know, whether or not people are going to like what you say or what they think about you is totally not in your hands, and you just have to try to do your thing. And so that, you know, has been a really, you know, sort of moving forward again into this sort of putting myself out there. I try to do the best. I try to prepare, especially, you know, when I'm doing, I love doing the ones where I'm Doing it, My, my podcast where I interview people do have more listens, generally speaking, but, you know, we're, I think it's such a false sense of success where, you know, with, especially with podcasting or social media or anything that people do, you know, it's, we're sort of trained to look at numbers as a metric of our success, how many people like it, how many people shared it, how many people listen, how many people watched, and that's such a false, like I said, it's a false metric, like we're Jews, we can't look at numbers, you know, we know that small, small numbers make a big impact. So you could give a speech or share a podcast with millions of people and, eh, and then you have an offhand conversation with somebody and they come back to you a year later and say, oh my gosh, the conversation like really changed me. So I really stay away from the numbers. I really try not to look. And again, like, like Danielle said, you know, I try to do my shtablas and try to do what I can do. And if it's gonna be successful, that's out of my
0: hands. Oh, I just loved what you just said. <laughs> I really say the small numbers make a big impact. That is yeah, like yeah. profound. Also, because you said we're Jews, we shouldn't be looking at numbers, right? How many times are we trained not to count Jews or, right, right. We're as many as the far and the kochavim? And it doesn't matter. Like, you can't count us. So we I love
1: this and we're nice. a small
0: group of people and we've made a very large right. impact on the world. Right. So. Latimad Rabim, right? Right. Yes. We're the few against the many. So I love that how you then put that into the social media and podcasting. But it's interesting because, you know, I just had this conversation with someone just yesterday and they asked me a very, I love deep conversations, if you haven't realized that. <laughs> anyway. so they had asked me, um, what was, what was, I'm trying to think about what, what would like, what was the exact wording of the conversation? Something about being jealous, or why does it? Why is why are people not happy with what they have, or stuff like that? And I said I don't think that to be true. I mm-hmm. said there are people that aren't happy with what they have. They're not some They're not happy with their law, But there are people that are happy. Like I think it goes with. It's not a general rule that people are not. I and I had said I think I said my father is very happy with and has always been always happy with what he has. I said I remember my grandmother also was always very happy with what she had. And I said, and I, and I said to this person, I'm also very happy with what I have when it comes to materialism. Mm-hmm. It happens to be materialism. It doesn't really seem to base me so much. I don't need uh, designer clothing, the pocketbook, the jewelry. I just, I don't need those things. But what's interesting is I am jealous of people that I'm, that's a fact. Like if I see someone who's learned so jealous of their knowledge. Like I want more knowledge now, you know, and, and, and if I, and I do, and I do find, like you're saying, I I know I shouldn't, I'm just being real. I, if I see somebody has more numbers and now I'm going to really work on that because small numbers make a big impact. Right. Um, but that, that does get to me, like they're so successful at what they're doing and I, and I'm plugging and plugging, but in a way I don't, I don't get angry Mm-hmm. I turn the jealousy into I work. Try to just work harder. And I mm-hmm. know at the end of the day, it's not in my hands. I know that at the end of the day, it's all in, in God's hands. Um, but I, it just pushes me. It's like in school. Like I was, I guess I, I was, I was raised very competitive. That's how I was raised at home. Put on your pajamas. Who has their pajamas on first? Who's out of bed first? Who's ready for school first? Who did it? Everything was like first, second, third. Everything was a back position Then right. it, sports, and that, so that's my mentality. I'm always trying to compete. Just find that one person, but to compete, but in order to push me along the way to be better at my trade. But also I find that for me, podcasting is very therapeutic. So even if I don't get the numbers, <laughs> the, this conversation to me, I, I'm going to leave. And it's not, this, this is not even going to be posted probably for two months, you know? So for me, it doesn't even matter. I got, I got the C book. I got, I got something from right. it. what I needed. I know it sounds crazy, maybe that sounds selfish. Sorry, people who are listening, but that it, it is, it has become very, very therapeutic for me. It, it's a way for me to connect to people. And I and I happen to be a person that loves to connect to people. And um and it's so just questions, um, does
1: your father have a lot of bata? Um,
0: uh, does he have a lot of amuna and god? Um because like, you said he's happy. He, like he's a happy person. He's happy I mean, he's happy with what he has. He, he was never the type of person that he said, oh, we have to do this. Because, you know, I'll tell you the classic story that we always say in my family. My father's favorite car was a Corvette. Mm-hmm. Loved a Corvette. And um, I remember once I even took before like a joyride. And a friend of his had a Corvette and we went for a joyride. And I finally turned to him and I said, dad, I don't understand your favorite car is a Corvette. You have, I mean, again, how am I to know if he had the money? I just assumed <laughs> as a young girl, he had the money. Like, why don't you just buy it? It's your favorite car. And my father said to me, just because you want something doesn't mean you have to have it. That's nice. Yeah. So that so that that was that yeah. is and that was my father. Um his 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 way of raising us. So we weren't, we weren't like I never felt like I was keeping up with the Joneses type of idea right. in mm-hmm. my household. It wasn't over the top. I felt comfortable and I felt good, but, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he wasn't, um, my, you know, my, my mom wasn't raised in a religious home. Mm-hmm. My dad was raised in a more religious home, but both of my parents, they went to public school for high school. They were, they were high school sweethearts at age 14 and 15. They grew up in the same community. Mm-hmm. And when they married each other, it was like, the, my father was a Shomer Shabbos and kept kosher and said to my mom, please, you know, you want, this is how I want to raise the kids. And they're like, okay. So it wasn't like, It wasn't like it was spoken about. Right. It was that they were good people. Right. Good people translate into being good Jews. Right. That's that's how it came about in my household. Right. Well,
1: I think, listen, obviously it's part of human nature that we compete and that we're jealous of other people. And sometimes that's a force for good. Sometimes it's not. Right. But it is also true that that's heightened with the internet because we see what everybody has and we see what everybody's doing or seems like they're doing even if they're not Uh, doing it can we say
0: that again every well everyone who's listening trust me it's not all real like people like oh you always look happy you have the, i am a happy person but i'm not about to go on at least i'm not i mean other people do it i'm not about to go on instagram and cry all day long okay go on (laughs) no but you just said it you know so like
1: that we, we do have to confront that, I think a little bit more than maybe previous generations, the, the sense of like, right. do I feel jealousy? Do I feel competitive? Is that a positive force? Is that a negative force? And, you know, really the antidote to that negative type of jealousy is really be tough on and recognize that Shem's going to give me everything that I have. And if somebody else has something, they're not taking it away from me. If somebody else has more followers, they're not my followers that they stole. Right. You
0: know what I mean? right So I think that's- I think, I think I like know, that. like i tell my students just be if somebody else got extra credit it doesn't mean you can't get extra credit if their extra credit does i don't have a limited amount of extra credit to give out on a test right (laughs) Right. you're not you're not diminished from it like why are you getting upset that somebody else got it so you go get it too like i mean (laughs) all right so 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 i i get that but what was what did you find the most challenging about doing the podcast
1: you know, time is challenging. Just finding the time because it's not my full-time job. Um, and I, it's I pr- like, it sounds like you also, like, I really love doing it. So I wish it could be my full-time job, but it just for pra- you know, practically it can't. Um, so just, you know, carving the time, staying consistent with it. Um, it is, like I said before, also finding the guests to come on is also challenging just because from my podcast is only for women. I know you, you have men and and also on your podcast, but mine so far haven't had a man on yet. At one point I was going to have my brother on and somebody said, "Ma, your podcast, like one of my kids, Ma. your podcast is just for Jewish women. I'm like, I think you can have my brother, I think that's okay. Like, cause he's a marriage therapist. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe we'll still do it. But, um, so, but generally women who grow up in a Basi-Afco setting don't want to do things publicly. And mm-hmm. I, you know, so like, that's also been something that I've you know, it's like, have to try to convince people to come on. And then the people who want to come on, aren't always like, you know, coming on for other reasons than right. what my podcast is really like, you know, for my audience. So right. like those kind of technical things, um, I find are challenging, but mm-hmm. I've definitely gotten much better at it. Um, I'd still, still have a long way to go just sort of timing the conversations and, you know, learning the medium. So it was very good that it was like, very, you know, so small in the beginning, where I re- you really just have to learn and get better and practice. And I, st- okay, something that I really struggle is like a little thing, but it drives me insane when I, I don't know if you have something like this. I listen to myself back, and I'm like, I say, you know, all the time. <laughs> it drives me nuts. And you're not aware of it when you're speaking, but then when you go back and listen to yourself, you're like, I, I, it's horrible. I say it. I'm sure I said it in this. I'm really working on it, but it's very hard to
0: do in the moment. Um, I it's so. Funny. I find myself when I'm that I either I interrupt too much or I'm laughing, and so they're trying to talk, <laughs> and I, I, I'm giggling. But because of the Zoom and 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 the and the audio, it like blocks out maybe what they're saying, and I'm trying to control my reaction, you know, so I, right. I found that to be difficult, uh, sometimes, but in reference to having met, it was also weird for me the first time, but I think what broke the ice was my man is Friedman. He was mm-hmm. the first uh, person, a man, I should say that I had on my podcast. when, you know, he reached out, it wasn't him personally, obviously, whoever, who does the work for him, reached out and asked if he could be on my podcast. I'm like, oh, what do I do? You know? So, <laughs> so when I had my Friedman, it was like, it was, it was really cool. And then Slowly, I got I got accustomed to it. It was it was hard because, like I said, it's like you we're having this private conversation, even though other people are going to be listening to it afterwards. But right now, we're the only ones on the screen, right now. Right. And and it is like, I mean, anybody. I mean, it's not like I mean, people in my house or whatever it else. But you know what I mean. Sure. It's it's more of an intimate type of discussion. So I I get that it was it was that was a little difficult for me. And I must agree, getting getting people uh, and making the requests, and I would text, email, you know, uh, message, whatever I could always in the very beginning, when I start a new season and I start messaging people and asking them if they want to be on my podcast, I'm like, so nervous. And I have to tell myself, and what's the big deal. And if they say no, okay, we'll be on to the next. And and so, but it's always when I start the new season, every time it's that same feeling, but I have that also when I speak that first minutes, yeah, I'm like I'm totally. like dying. But then once the it starts rolling and like I'm in the flow, it, it's good. So, but I I, I get those. Totally things. know what you mean. Yeah, right. I
1: mean, I'm always like, why did I agree to do this?
0: It's such a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> and then right. Okay. Oh my yeah. gosh, I'm preparing so much. I'm like, ah. Uh... And then when I'm done, I'm like, that was awesome. <laughs> right. Yes, I know totally. exactly So now, what podcast do you listen to?
1: Um, what podcast? You know. Baruch Hashem, I'm busy, but um, well, I listen to some politics. So you know, not Jewish podcasts. And actually, um, my favorite podcast, pol- my favorite politics podcast, is the Megyn Kelly podcast. And I'm telling you, as if as a podcaster, I listen to her not for the content, although that's fine. Um, but she is such a good broadcaster. It's like going to a master class in broadcasting.
0: Mm. She's
1: always in control of the conversation. She's very empathetic, but she doesn't pull back from whatever she's trying to get at. She's able to sort of talk to her the person she's interviewing, and you know it's she brings her own personality into it, but she doesn't make it about herself. It's really just like you know really again, like I listen to her as almost like go, like I'm going to a class and learning how to be a podcaster okay. that's kind of how I listen to her. Um, but I do, um, I love the Robert Orlovsky show. So I listen to his podcast. Um, I remember Robert Orlovsky from back in the day. I went to elementary school in Suffolk County in Long Island. It was my mm-hmm. father's school. And at the time, Robert Orlowski was the regional director for the Ma'alot, which is Long Island, NC Swine, and he used to come talk to us on Rosh Chodesh. And he was hilarious. And I love, um, I love the fact that he, he's very funny, but it's not just that He's funny it's that he's able to laugh, but maintain like the seriousness of what he's talking about. Like he doesn't make Mm -hmm. a joke out of things. He's just making jokes, Mm -hmm. you know, like the humor is not sacrifice. He doesn't sacrifice content for humor. So I like that. Um, I do not every single week, but I try to listen to Rabbi Breitowitz this year. He usually, they usually post it on YouTube. So I listen to that sometimes history. Um, I love history. I need if you have any ideas for really good history podcasts, because that's what I love. I love history. Um, but sometimes it's just overwhelming and knowing the right one and the one you're going to like. And then it's right, like, mm-hmm. I'll just listen to wherever I write notes this week because so I, I can't look. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I listen to, I would say.
0: Okay, so, very good. Yeah, very nice. Now, this is interesting So I learned this from a, another podcast. Um, they said, Is there anything else that you would like to add that I didn't ask? <laughs>
1: That's so funny. Um, you know, I, I would ask you, can I ask you a question? Sure. So if I can ask you, okay, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot on your own podcast here, but what would you say you've learned from all the years of podcasting? Okay, like what's what been I, your big takeaway?
0: What was my big takeaway that I've learned from podcasting? Um, big, uh, whatever, how many years, not that many years. Right. Um, well, this i in general i knew this already but like when we spoke about uh, asking people if they want to be on the podcast and some people yeah. say yes because say no. i find that um adults are sometimes no different than children i i know please, well, what, you mean. <laughs> what do i mean by that like okay um so at work i'm the middle school dean and a lot of times um i deal with trips and right. rooms yeah. and i learned many years ago when we would do these rooms there would be a lot of social issues coming up like Mm -hmm. Uh, the the kids get to pick their rooms and then there's children that are left out because of the social uh, the setups and I remember I went over to the school psychologist and and I said to her oh maybe I could put the let's say person a with person b so let me let me give an example so person uh, b was the the not as uh, socially with it a was really not socially with it Mm-hmm. As opposed to putting them with C, C is really, really socially with it. Mm-hmm. And so she says, oh, that won't work. A, A won't go with B, B won't accept that. She says, but you could definitely put A with C. You could put the kids who are not socially with it with the really socially with it kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm like, really? She says, yes, because they won't feel threatened. By Their their status won't be threatened by somebody else because they're so secure in their status. But if you take a, a child who's not so 100% sure about their status,
1: mm-hmm. where they're
0: holding socially, and then you want to put it, a child that is known not to be socially as socially accepted in the crowd, they won't go for it because that will be, they feel it's a reflection of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, Okay. yeah. And so true to form, every year, that's what happens. The popular kids have no problem taking in someone that is not as popular. And really, of course, there are extreme situations if they're kind, not kind, you know. So I find adults are the same way. I find when I ask somebody, they want to be on my podcast, if they're secure in who they are and generally okay there are extreme situations where they like to research my podcast and and see who i'm about and if they feel comfortable if they want to share if they're if they want their platform to be connected to my platform i get that that is fine um and then there are these people that are super uber like totally to so, so so busy fine whatever you can't find the half an hour in your mm. week for me okay you know mm. but uh, But in general, I find that the same rule of people, if they're confident in who they are, they don't really care. They'll Mm -hmm. be on my podcast. It's the people that are maybe, maybe they're not so sure of how they're holding in the social media world. And, and Mm -hmm. so if if I don't have enough followers or I I don't have enough listeners, so do Mm -hmm. they want it, would they want it to be known that they were on my podcast? You know what I mean?
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. So yeah. that, that's, that's, that's what, that's what i found through doing the podcasting um, that adults are no different than children. Yes. Um, yeah. Everybody
1: fights about where they're sitting in perpetuity, Right. you know, like you make a dinner and, you know, so who's sitting on the dais, who's sitting on the top dais, who's sitting on the bottom mm-hmm. dais. And like, everybody's always fighting about their seats. We don't really Outgrow all these little things. We just kind Correct. of get more
0: sophisticated in how we present them. Yes. But that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We had we had a guest speaker, and it was very interesting. He said that all the grievances or anything that came up from childhood carries over with you. He says the things I got from carpool. He <laughs> said carpool major drama with carpool. Oh my god. Yes. Gosh. Well, yeah. did I ever I, do you ever hear this one? I always I always say this. You know, there's a the Chazal that says. Uh, there's caso, kiso, coso. Right. It's caso, kiso, coso, and carpal. So it's three huffs. Right. It's not. It's, not two, it's it's four huffs. It's, it's not four. just you know. It's so for so the listeners, I'll just yeah, yeah I'll just explain it to the listeners just in case. So we say that the, you know a person through their casso, ka, right? Their true personality comes out when they're angry. Coso when they drink their cup. And kiso their pocket how they spend their money. So all of them start with the kuh sound. So there used to be a joke in my community because we have carpool that you also get to know people really well when you carpool with them.
1: Yes, hundred percent. Yes, true. I will use 100%. that. I'm going to use that. I'm taking. That. Oh,
0: okay. So go ahead, take so it. There you. you go. It's, it's you. the three chafs. Yeah. <laughs> the three chaf. Kh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've done that. I've had some really crazy carpool stories. You know, and when, when things were tough for me in, in my marriage, and when things were really rough. I had this really bad carpool, and I pulled out of it. Mm. I said, "I said I don't. I said I have enough drama in one area of my life. I don't. I'd rather do all the drives myself. Yes, than deal with this other drama. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I definitely, I I was fine with that. So, (laughs) but it's definitely or another. And I was in once in another carpool. I remember so and 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 the way the children talk also. It's not. It's not just. It's not just the adults that you're dealing with. But it's it's their offsprings.
1: <laughs> right. Well, so funny because I had I I don't do carpool that much anymore. I, I have one 10-year-old at home. My other kids are big. Um and oh, she's 10 already? She's almost 10. She'll be 10 next month. Is that crazy, right? Yes. Um, so I had a carpool this past summer, different with camp, and I'm listening to the girls talking in the back, and um they were they were there was some lashon hara going on, and my daughter is hyper aware of it because of what I do. You know, she, you know, she listens to my sometimes. Like, I'll do my recording when I'm putting her to sleep, and at one point, I even asked her. Like, she came home and she was upset about something, and I said, "You have to tell me what happened at school." And she's like, "Mat lashon hara, I can't tell you." And I, it's explained to her that like, you're allowed to tell your mother what happened in school. It's not lashon hara. That's fine. But she, you know, I was listening to the girls, and I was thinking, like, should I say something? I can't say something that's going to embarrass my daughter, but I have to talk to her about it afterwards. Um, but I'm just like listening to the girls talk, and I'm like, I don't know if this carpool thing, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, yes, I'm sure it goes on when I'm
0: not there, but you know, yeah, but still, it's a you yeah. you're, that's what it is. remember I had, I had a, a not at but these one, these kids were not happy about school. Mm. And so, what happens, they would talk not nicely about school constantly, but not something specific, it was just school in general. School's so stupid. I hate going to schools. And then, what was eventually happening, my children when they would get in the car, I hate school. Uh, and their whole demeanor right. and attitude was shifting. Right. And I don't right. want that, that's gonna, it's their lives. Day in day out, you're gonna be going to do this thing. I want you to have a positive attitude about it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I spoke to the mom, I said, you really have to hone in on, on your girls and they have to stop saying that school's stupid. You know, right. in my in, in the car, um, I you know, you can do whatever you want, <laughs> but in carpool, please try to have your girls not do that.
1: Right. I'm gonna add this for your audience, yes. okay? Because I, I want to just tell your audience what a wonderful boy your son, Alter, is. And, you know, like he, when he came to Cleveland, he was in ninth grade. So he was living in our house. And the boys had, they had won their basket they were going to their basketball championship. They had, we have like the boys had a little basketball league with some of the other um, Jewish schools in town. And they had their championship. And then Jordana drove for like eight hours for the championship. To be there for like two hours, and then turned around and went home. And I said to my husband, "I'm like, that's why Alter's so well adjusted, because he's a really good mom, who's mm-hmm. there for him." So I just want to tell your audience that because he is oh. a
0: special kid, and a oh, credit to you. you. Oh, thank you. I thought I thought you were going to tell a different story. That's so funny. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. The one when when you came back, when he told me, he goes, I said, "Where is everybody?" He says, "They're at back to school night or whatever." You were out of the house. So, I said, yes. "And I said, what does the kitchen look like?" He goes, "Not good." I said, <laughs> "I said, all I could tell you." Is that if I walked in that door after work, working all day long and then I had to go to back to school night and I would walk in and see that kitchen, I'd find it very stressful and aggravating. He says, I got it, Ima, I'll clean up the kitchen. And so yeah. then I think he, he he washed the dishes or whatever it was. And, and you said something to me because my well, mom said it would bother her if she walked in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Thank you yeah. so much. I really, really appreciate it. And I really appreciate everything you've done for my son. Over the years and your husband. Now I'm gonna get emotional. I already emailed your husband that my my next one is in eighth grade, so get ready. Okay. I, Love to have another bar Khafir. here. I know, but the only problem is you you have your daughter, so you can't have him okay. in your house. I can't we'll have, have, have him in my house anymore. Yeah, we stopped having yes.
1: Although my my, my 10-year-old daughter does speak fluent teenage boy. Like I would say that, like that's oh like no. <laughs>
0: That's not so good because my 17-year-old daughter also speaks teenage fluent boy he right. when she was younger because of her two, you know- the Yeah, every, the older brothers. Right, and the brothers. Yeah, that's what happens. But okay, everything will work out. But I want to thank you, If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way to reach you? Um,
1: so they can um, email me at a deeper conversation 120 at gmail.com. That's my email address. My podcast is called the Deeper Conversation. I think on Instagram, um, at a deeper conversation so they could- uh, direct message me. If anybody wants to join the Shemir Salasham group, I mean, first of all, have a time heritage foundation as wake up words, but also email me at a deeper conversation, 120 at gmail.com. I'm happy to add you to the Shmir Salasham. I don't like, it isn't something that I do for money. I don't get paid for it. I don't even advertise on it. Like I don't, people have asked me because Barak Hashem, it's grown. Like, can I, can I forward this to the chat or can I post this advertisement? And I, I just, I don't even advertise myself on it. You know, if I'm speaking somewhere, I don't even post it on there. It's just two and a half to three and a half minutes of Shamir Salashon every day and Baruch Hashem. So if anybody is interested in that, they could also email me and that's Mm all they reach me.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was a great conversation. Oh, my pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Drink It In, the podcast. You can find all my episodes and so much more at maverickpodcasting.com. Come connect and say hi with me on Instagram at drinkitin underscore Jordana. If you like the show, leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.